I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot and Prongs are proud to present the Marauder's Map. If you succeed tonight, more than one innocent life may be spared. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dan, and we're back again with Chapter 3, The Night Bus. We have Molly here. Hello everybody. I did want to get your opinion before we dive into Chapter 3. I wanted to kind of go back to Chapter 2, because I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on a certain character who was the focal point of that chapter. Yeah, Aunt Marge. She is the worst. The absolute worst. Um, I mean, that that whole entire scene and chapter with her just, like, makes my blood boil. Thinking about just, oh, what a... Yeah. What a mean person she is. And putting that nicely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I called you out when we talked about it too about how uh, you know amongst all of the descriptions the quotes uh and then hers you know saying that you know she drowned a puppy of the, you know, like the runt of the litter i'm like oh molly's not gonna like that nope didn't like that at all no no so uh yeah this well these two chapters molly's gonna be on the next chapter as well these two chapters are much more uplifting yes than the aunt marge chapter there's a lot more fun kind of uh weird crazy your typical Harry Potter type of chapters uh, where it's a lot of cool magic that Harry's experiencing and that we're experiencing for the first time. So, and there's no better example than the night bus. So we meet Harry in this chapter as he's left the Dursleys and he's just now as anger is subsiding in him, realizing like, what am I going to do? I don't really have any muggle money. Mm-hmm. I have a trunk full of wizard stuff. Uh, he does have his broom and he does have his invisibility cloak. So he starts thinking like, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, perform a charm on my luggage because what does that matter anymore? And you know, fly to London. So he starts really thinking about like, oh, man, I'm in a really tough spot right now. And then he thinks he hears something behind him. And he looks and, you know, when he does Lumos and light up the alleyway, he sees this like massive hulking, like black dog-like thing. Uh, Not Odin. Um, (laughs) But uh, in the alleyway, and he kind of gets knocked back, slips back, and his wand kind of goes into the street or whatever. And this, I, I think they call it like violently purple bus appears. Yeah. And we meet the night bus for the first time. Yeah, we do. And the the people working the night bus are Stan Shunpike and Ernie Prang. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan, every I think every Harry Potter fan pretty knows pretty well. But Ernie Prang is a good trivia question somewhere yes. in there. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's a little bit of a deeper dive. But I just think it's the the idea of the night bus in general, because Stan kind of explains it a little bit, is such a cool idea. Oh, yeah. To just appear to any stranded witch or wizard mm-hmm. wherever, as long as it's on land. 
Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Like, just the idea, like, if you're in a pinch, you know, this night bus will show up and you can go somewhere. It's pretty awesome. So I assume they mean it's just like England and Scotland, right? Like, and Wales. Like, it's just like that island, right? Yeah. Because you can't, like. Yeah. So it's, it, I just like. <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, about the the magic of it because are they like teleporting they're not strictly driving clearly no i yeah it's kind of like but that's kind of like what i love about it is it's just so chaotic like you don't really know what the heck is going on yeah you know the magic in it is very different from anything that we've seen so far through two books right and not just like obviously the mechanics of the night bus but you walk inside mm-hmm. and immediately Harry notices the difference between what the night bus is and a regular bus because there's beds instead of seats. Yeah. And I think the movie does a good job of showing you like what the chaoticness mm-hmm. of that could be. I don't know if that's the case here because it seems like it's much more stable Yeah. than yeah. what the movie portrays it as. Yeah. I hated it in the movie. Did you? Oh, I really hated it in the movie. What did you hate about it? Well, first off, like the little dude, like the take it away, Ern. Oh, the Jamaican head. Yeah, that, I didn't yeah. like that. And I didn't like that either at all. Hated that. So I don't know if that just like put a sour taste in my mouth, like right from the start. Oh, you and Hannah have very similar thoughts on that. Yeah, but overall, ah, I just hated that scene in the movie. In the book, love it. Love everything about it. Interesting. I, yeah. I didn't have uh, as aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> a take on it i it was okay it was an okay scene yeah i was happy that they at least had the scene in there yeah i mean i don't know how you can really do this movie without it but yeah it's not like they haven't cut other things out of other movies before yeah. so yeah i just think that they made too like stan look so creepy in the movie i thought he looked creepy in the movie and then like they didn't say like ernie didn't even really say anything no right they did get his appearance down though they did. That like owl like yeah, kind with, of appearance. Like the but big yeah, he didn't say much. Coke bottle glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like someone you would expect like the last person you would expect to be driving a bus. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Does is he part of this magic of it in some way? I wonder. Also, how does time work on the bus? Yeah. Like are they just picking up stranded witches and wizards like 24-7? Mm-hmm. Do they have time to just take a break? Is this just a strictly a night thing? Like, I, right. I don't know, like, how that works. How the timing of the bus works. Also, you're getting, again, you could be teleporting of some sort, but going from, like, London to Wales to, like, some, some other place. Right. Could take a good amount of time. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah. Also, too, um, I want to know, like, if there's, like, a take a number quality to it like who how do you decide who gets dropped off first or you know because if it's all over the place are they going by like who they picked up first or are you closest to like did they just happen to be in this part of the country right because it seems silly like if you're this close to this place but then oh no we're gonna travel way over to the other side of the country Mm -hmm. so that'd be interesting to know and then how many people do you think they pick up by accident because obviously Harry was not hmm. intending for this. Yeah. 
So if you just like raise up your wand on the street, like are you calling the night bus? Like, right. is it that simple of a mechanism, or right. can the magic of the bus figure out like, oh no, this witch or wizard is alone specifically? Mm-hmm. They might need help. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of questions about the night bus, which don't get answered. So. <laughs> All I know is that I'm sold on getting the bigger package just by being able to pick the color of my toothbrush. They do offer you a nice, like, upgraded package. Right. They offer you a nice upgrade with, like, hot chocolate. Yeah. And then the secondary package, which offers the toothbrush. Yes. Uh, and a hot water bottle. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, so do you pay for the nice buses basically, like... Coach, business class, first class. Ooh. Is that how we're doing night bus? Maybe. Maybe. It doesn't yeah. seem like terribly expensive. I mean, 11, no. 11 sickles and I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, what? 13 uh, and 15, respectively? 15, you get hot chocolate. No, 13. Sorry. I accidentally. Well, Stan has a very unique way. Dialect. Of, yeah. Yeah. His quotes, you almost yeah. have to read twice to be like, what does he say? Yeah. <laughs> 13 and 15. Yeah. My eyes read that. I did that like... I did it too. When I first read yeah. it, I was like, 15, 15? Wait, that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also liked how they kind of explained how even though Ernie is maybe, like you said, not the best person to be driving anything. Yeah. The magic of this is things get out of its way. Mm-hmm. Garbage cans, trees, mm-hmm. a whole farmhouse, they said, moved out of the way. Right. And then Stan, I think, just kind of brushes all of Harry's questions off with like, yeah, but muggles don't really notice anything, do they? Right. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Like, how in the world do you not notice a whole farmhouse moving out of the way? Like, you have to be particularly, like, (laughs) anyway. Yeah. But um, on the night bus ride, we get our first mention of Sirius Black. We do. And it's also the first mention of the title of this book. Yeah. He he is the prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Which they also tell us that no one has ever escaped Azkaban before. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a big deal. And it's also a big deal because of what he's accused of doing, which is insanely substantial. Uh, yeah. Killed 13 people with one spell. Pretty crazy. I'm assuming, I mean, they, they get into it a little bit later, but I'm assuming he literally just blew up like a half city block. Yeah. Like, there's not one specific spell he used that happened to kill 13. It's like he casted a spell and it did collateral damage right. around it. Um, but that is, that's a big number. Yeah. And then I'm sure you appreciated as the... You're getting more and more into the whole um, Annie Oakley lifestyle yourself. <laughs> yes. So I'm sure you... You could say that. You enjoyed the <laughs> guns are just metal wands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting comment for sure. Because while I am an Annie Oakley... Being an Annie Oakley and becoming an Annie Oakley, you have to have a certain kind of respect for the things sure. that you're handling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that exists, too, in the wizarding, wizarding, wizarding world. <laughs> I 
just encourage you next time you go to the range or you're out hunting, <laughs> please don't flourish the gun saying Spelliarmus <laughs> or oh, something God. like that. Definitely not. Definitely not. There is a, a lot of respect to handling. So, yeah. Now I just have that image in my head of you doing that. Right. Um, but anyway. <laughs> So no no flagging of people, no shooting, <laughs> things I can't see beyond. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. eventually Harry comes to a stop after everybody else has left the night bus and it's just him, Stan, and Ernie. He finally makes his way to London and someone there is already waiting for him. You have the Minister of Magic. Greeting Harry after Harry's like just spending his last few moments being like, all right, I get to do this and then I could, you know, fill up at Gringotts and then I could just disappear. Mm-hmm. And that lasted all of like 30 seconds before Fudge um, taps him on the shoulder. And you have this interaction between Harry and Fudge, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. And I kind of want to delve a little bit more into it in the spoiler section just you know as far as fudge's role and everything yeah but they get into this whole discussion about fudge just basically brushing this away being like oh no no no. we had people from the accidental magic reversal department yeah just stop by and they they punctured her is what they said (laughs) right (laughs) which i just want to know what that was like oh i have like a very like charlie and the chocolate factory like image in my head i could definitely see like them rolling aunt marge and then like hmm how do we fix this well she looks like a balloon so if they bring house elves with her those could be the oompa loompas Ooh, yeah yeah they could just (laughs) (laughs) i like this singing a song (laughs) 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 you must sing while we do this um no i just imagine they like poked her with the wand yeah just kind of like right but uh, i love the idea of an accidental magic reversal department i'm imagining they're most frequently used in the uh, 11 year old and younger kind of list where kids don't necessarily even know what they're doing yeah on a frequent basis but, uh, yeah, Fudge just essentially waves everything off. And it's like, no, you're fine. This is totally fine. We're just happy we found you. Why did you do that? Why did you run off? Yeah. And Harry's trying to explain to him, like, dude, the Dursleys are, like, awful. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Um, Fudge is not, not really picking up on those signs or, or details. So Definitely not. Um, but it is kind of an interesting – and Harry points it out himself – in this chapter of like, Hey, last year, um, or yeah, last year I got a letter from the ministry saying like, I will be expelled for something other than me doing the magic just in my vicinity. Right. And now I do do something way worse than throwing a cake on somebody. And I'm totally like, cool. Not a penalty of any sort. Yeah. And Fudge got really uncomfortable with it. Um, that interaction, even though it's only like a paragraph long or so, is really interesting and really telling as to what Fudge, who Fudge is as a person and who he is as a minister of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, we can get more into in the spoilers, but yeah, it just kind of jumped out to me. I really liked the interaction between Harry and Fudge. Yeah, I also really liked, too, when... Um... 
like he got off the bus uh, when Harry got off the bus and he was like, oh, I know Fudge because, hey, the book we just finished. <laughs> <laughs> I was under an invisibility cloak when I saw him. Yeah. Last. So Harry is in this awkward situation of like Fudge being like, Harry, I'm Cornelius Fudge. I'm the minister of magic. And Harry's like, oh, <laughs> man, oh, right? this is cool to meet you. Right. Uh, that kind of like fake yeah. meeting someone for the first time kind of feeling. Right. Um, Harry played it very well. Yes. Very smooth. Yes. Uh, Harry is very with it for a 13-year-old in those kind of respects. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then Fudge is like, uh, yeah, you can hang out at the Leaky Cauldron here, and you can go into Diagon Alley. Just don't go back into the the Muggle world. And yeah. Harry's like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> like, don't have to tell me twice. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of an interesting uh, meeting with Harry and Fudge that I really, really liked. Yeah. Also, too, going back, sorry, um, mm-hmm. to the beginning of the book, or not book, beginning of the chapter, when Harry's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? Like, he did come up with some of his second year dumb and first year stupid, like, they're Yeah, I got to come up with <laughs> a new third year phrase. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. How can I do this for seven books? I got to keep right? coming up with them. <laughs> right? So. But he didn't have to act on it, so. But no, yeah. I did think about that when I was rereading it. He put himself in quite the predicament early yeah. in this chapter, but honestly, like I was saying in the in the last uh, episode, I, I can't blame him for how he reacted in that moment with Marge. Now, Molly, you've just given me homework because now i got to figure up a third-year phrase for Harry. Ah, I know. i got time before he does something truly stupid. It right. will come, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, we'll probably end it here, and we will get into the spoiler section where Molly will talk about Secrets of Dumbledore because this is the first episode that she's on since watching it. Yep. Got a non-spoiler, like, yes, no, liked it, hated it? Um, not my favorite. Not her favorite. We'll get into more <laughs> why in the spoiler section. Come on back. You, you foul and loathsome them evil little cockroach! All right, so we're back with the spoiler section. And uh, before we get to Molly's thoughts of Secrets of Dumbledore, um, I just kind of wanted to follow up on that Harry and Fudge conversation because... It, this is really the beginning of Harry seeing what the Ministry of Magic is mm-hmm. and what it's like with Fudge as its leader. There's a lot of duplicity in it. There's a lot of them saying one thing and doing another or changing policies very flippantly, like whenever they seem to want to. And this is kind of Harry's first experience with it. And obviously, he pointed out the injustice of the letter the first time in Chamber of Secrets to blowing up his aunt Mm -hmm. in Prisoner of Azkaban. And then we go to him having to use a Patronus charm in in, um, Order of the Phoenix. And all three situations are handled vastly differently. Very differently. Like, just polar 
reactions mm-hmm. from from the ministry and from Fudge. And Fudge, this is the first time Fudge is meeting Harry. And even Fudge's reactions to Harry or his interpretations of Harry just very wildly throughout these books. So this being like kind of that first inter- true interaction between the two is one of those, I guess, um, kind of moments in the series where you just kind of put like a little <laughs> mark next to, and then you try to track it throughout the rest of the series. <laughs> and you wouldn't think so because it's like, ah, oh, it's like a little fireside chat between the two of them, but there's yeah. a lot more layer there than I think people probably ever think about. It's uh, politics and politicians being political. Shocking. I know, right? All right. I know. Right. <laughs> Fudge is the stereotypical politician. Oh, 100%. Like, wherever the wind blows is which direction he goes in. He has no firm stances on anything. No. And it, which, there's a lot There's a lot to fudge. And there's a lot <laughs> to fudge in his interactions with everything in Harry's world. He, him and Dumbledore have a very complicated relationship. Yes. Which... <laughs> <laughs> might stem from um, an action that happened in the Secrets of Dumbledore movie where uh, the Chillin bows to Dumbledore, essentially marking him as like a worthy ruler, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, Which everybody saw. Everybody around the world saw that moment. Yes. And maybe Fudge, uh, as a young man or boy or i don't know how old he would probably be at this point but probably saw that moment was like huh yeah catalog that (laughs) yeah yeah um i don't think fudge is an idiot i think he's just like you said he's a politician he's a politician for sure no i don't think he's an evil person it's just i think he's thinking as i think most politicians would how will this benefit me right how can i save my own Standing, my own position, how can I keep being in the limelight Yeah, with his lime green bowler hat Yes, um, <laughs> without too much heat on him? Yeah. Uh, and he gets some heat from the International Federation of Warlocks. And when I read that, it, they gave him problems for going to the, the Muggle Prime Minister mm-hmm. and telling them about Sirius Black. Because, in their view, that would threaten the statute of secrecy if you're now saying, like, hey, by the way, there's this murdering wizard on the loose. Oh, right. by the way, wizards. I don't know how what relationship they have. Mm-hmm. We don't really know of it until, like, now. Yeah. But um, the International Federation of Warlocks made me think, is that what we saw in Secrets of Dumbledore? I think so. I don't know. I... Uh, <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> I, I think I've I looked it up, and there was some things about the movie that mentioned like the International Confederation of Wizards. Mm. So there's some different terminology: confederation instead of federation, and wizards instead of warlocks. But I'm a, gonna assume they're the same thing, or they're yeah. acting as the same thing. Yeah, maybe they've gone through some name changes. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's it. They wanted to be more threatening, so they went with warlocks. Right. And yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, International Federation of Warlocks kind of scolds 
fudge for going to the Muggle Prime Minister. Um, but with that connection, I guess now we'll start off with what were your thoughts of Secrets of Dumbledore? Oh, well, my first thought, and I told Dan this when I well, told you this when yeah we saw it together. When yeah, we finished was the poor little chillin'. I'm there for the magical creatures. Maybe it's shocking. Hufflepuff. I know, right? Maybe it's the Hufflepuff in me. Um, what about Fantastic Beasts <laughs> and the Secrets of Dumbledore? It makes you think there's Fantastic Beasts in the movie, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm still di- digesting a lot of it because it very much reminded me of like a Dickens novel where like there were just so many. Characters and situations that just were thrown on you, and you're trying to figure out who the heck is who, and these people are not important, and all that. Um, I mean, there were things I liked, there were things I didn't like, mostly didn't like, <laughs> unfortunately. What were some of the things you did like? Some of the things I did like, um, other than the chillin', the chillin', the creatures, the little crabby. Oh, you did, you, yeah, you did love Newt's yeah. crab dance, the, oh. the swivel. Yes, the swivel. Molly the, enjoyed the swivel. The crab scorpion things. I don't know what those were called, but they were cool. They were, they were very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Jacob, so. Yeah. You know. I think Jacob's probably one of the more redeeming parts of these movies from movie to movie. Yeah. I think he's really good. I really wish that they could have kept the chemistry between newt and jacob like and had the main focus be like it was in the first one yeah they were split up for a good portion of the yeah the movie yeah um oh man i know you had some thoughts on queenie because we were yeah. talking a little bit before and uh, i know you thought anna's comment uh about queenie and snape having similar backgrounds was interesting. Now I agree. I will say this. I agree with you, Dan. I was kind of like perturbed maybe. I don't know that like Queenie got her happy ending Mm -hmm. after like, yeah, no, I'm just going to go hang out with this really dark wizard and screw you guys. Um, But I agree with Anna, like to a certain degree, like Queenie did exactly what Snape did. Um, they're similar in terms of like being a little Um, you know, I always had a very hard time with Snape getting this like huge redemptive, like following, like I understand what he did and that it was good, but like, he was just so mean, so mean. You and Anna put me in such situations where I am forced <laughs> to defend Snape. Um, I have two thoughts on that. First of all, I don't disagree with either you or Anna. Yeah. I, I think it's a very apt comparison. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it should be noted mm-hmm. that, yes, they do have very similar backgrounds and being courted by dark wizards, mm-hmm. doing some... Uh, not so wholesome activities mm-hmm. for these dark wizards being, you know, whatever. If Snape, we don't really know exactly a lot of what Snape particularly did. Yeah. For Voldy, but it wasn't anything good. We know that. 
right. we do know a little bit more about Queenie's role for Grindelwald, which, again, not good. Right. I guess my thought is the difference there is with Snape, we have books worth of material for him to show that redemption arc. Fair Whether enough. you buy that redemption arc or not, mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Fair enough. But we have books and we have material that show like he tried or he did something positive or he did something good to earn a little bit of a redemption. Mm-hmm. Queenie did nothing. Yeah. Which it's just a fault of the movie. Yeah. I, 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 that's my only thing. Right. Is I don't think you guys are wrong that you should compare her to Snape. It's just Snape had material yeah. <laughs> to fall back on and right. Queenie doesn't have any material right. to fall back on. Well, I feel like that's probably the most difficult thing with the last two movies. So, um, The Crimes of Grindelwald and, um, you know, Secrets of Dumbledore is that it's presented as stuff you should know or you should have a background on this character, but you don't. So you're struggling, I think, a lot of the times with the characters that they, you know, give you in the movies to be like, okay, I don't really know how I should feel about this because I don't really know enough about this person. Sure. I, have a, I don't have background material, but... It's like if you have Deathly Hallows. Yeah. And you have the scene in the Great Hall where McGonagall fights off Snape and he f- flies through the window, right? Right. And then you skip the portion <laughs> of him diving into Snape's memories. Right. You forget that completely. Mm-hmm. Just edit that out. And then you skip to the epilogue and Harry's like, I'm going to name you Albus Severus for the two bravest men. You're like, wait a minute. Did I miss something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that's what you're doing with Queenie. And that's the only thing that I... Yeah. Neither of you are wrong and you're very, very right. Yeah. It's just the difference is Snape has his moments. Right. Queenie doesn't. Right. And it's like, why are we... Yeah. So happy? I don't yeah. I don't get it. I do very much enjoy in these movies though getting to see the different wizard worlds in the different countries. Oh yeah. That is very mm-hmm. cool. I love being able to see that. Yeah. I agree. Um, like I wish we could spend more time in them. Yeah. Like it really did like make like the hair on the back of my neck stand up like when we were in Germany, like mm-hmm. when they went to Germany and it was so utilitarian yeah. and this very much with the times and what was going on then like like that definitely you know at least from the movie standpoint made me feel something I was like ooh, this is this is dark this feels dark so um I do think that you know this movie did a good job with that um with the cinematography and stuff making you feel a certain way, but we talked a, a little bit about it. Um, you know, me and Anna wanting to see what like Egyptian wizards were like, yeah, or are like, yeah, and because of the cool magic that they seem to put right. on a lot of their you right. know, uh, pyramids and tombs and stuff like that. But you could expand that out to like Santos. Everybody seems to love Santos in this movie. Mm-hmm. And you see when she's officially selected, you know, Brazil goes crazy. I would love to right. see Brazilian magic. Right. I think that'd be really, right. really cool. Right. Even with that said, Dan, like, because of 
the movies and how many characters there were. Like, even when you said Santos for a second. You had to think like, about it until I, I mentioned it. like, wait, huh? Who? <laughs> Who again? <laughs> yeah. And she's barely in the movie, but ends right. up getting the chillin' to... That's a whole conversation is like who the chillin' should and should not have bowed to is a whole conversation. Yeah. I will say this, though. Like, I'm going to come to the defense of Dumbledore. Like, because we have that whole discussion of who is worse, right? Voldy or, you know, um, Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Um, I think, which, you know, you can see this with, like, cult leaders and everything. I think... Grindelwald got Dumbledore at a very vulnerable time when they were young. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, yeah, he was probably always a dangerous, conniving person for sure. But I also think, too, that Dumbledore was at a very vulnerable point and a very still young person when they were hanging out. So I could. I could defend Dumbledore a little bit more for his actions and falling for this, you know. Sure. This uh, utopia, I guess, that, you know, Grindelwald was presenting to him. Here's a question I forgot to ask Anna when we were talking about that very topic. So I'll pose it to you. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore, it's fair to say, viewed Grindelwald as an equal of sorts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is it fair to say that he never viewed Tom Riddle the same? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I mean, there, there's layers to that because obviously, he, like you just said, he grew up with Grindelwald. So they were roughly the same age. They had the same right. level of intelligence. So viewed as equals. Yeah. Whereas he taught Tom Riddle. I think that he's, ooh, I think he sees him as a equal. I mean, Volte's a powerful wizard. He's sure. a very powerful wizard. Absolutely. I think the thing that Dumbledore probably holds close to his chest is his experience. Okay. And his knowledge of there are other forms of magic besides what's in books and you know kind of how boldly will forget like oh should have thought about the fact that lily died for harry you know mm-hmm. so i think in that like that sense like i i think all three of those wizards dumbledore grindwald and, and voldy they've all pushed the boundaries of magic yes forward mm-hmm. um for better for worse and that just goes for Dumbledore, too, for better yeah. or for worse. He's pushed magic to its limits. But I don't know. I just feel like even though he acknowledges Voldy is powerful, mm-hmm. I, he called him the most brilliant student to ever come through Hogwarts, which I guess includes Dumbledore himself. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just get the feeling like he respects the power and the talent Mm -hmm. and the brilliance, but I don't know. I just don't see the connection of like you and me are equal the -hmm. way I see like, cause Tom Riddle and Grindelwald are both 
horrible. Yeah. <laughs> horrible people. Oh, absolutely. But for some reason, you know, Dumbledore just kind of glosses over some of Grindelwald's, or it seems that way. I should say it seems that way. It kind of glosses past it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not probably, I'm not, uh, you know, communicating it well enough. But no. I, I just think all three, like, they're equal yet different. Okay. Um, I think, you know, obviously it's just, it's based upon motives. Um, I think that's why I've struggled too so hard to pick whether or not like Voldy or Grindelwald, which one is worse than the other. Um, I think Voldy actually got a chance to act on it and, you know, kill the millions amount, well, not millions, but, you know, the thousands of wizards that he did, um, and then he does it without feeling. You get a hint of that too with Grindelwald when he like just takes away. Um, I can't. I can't remember all these people's names. Uh, Ver. Oh, the those the Lita the strange brother. Brother, when he like takes that memory of her, like that's, that's like gut wrenching. That's insanely dark magic like yeah. that's well it's not even dark magic it's just I mean, it is but it's just the uh, the action is dark and how he just so flippantly did it yeah and he just does it and then just right uh, like smooths it away so yeah. that it just doesn't exist anymore he doesn't put in a vial or anything like that he's just like it's gone it's gone now and he just like don't you feel better now <laughs> like let's go about our like yeah it, it's a level of darkness within him that he masks over very well because he has that handsome, charming face that everybody looks at and wants to elect. Right. And you take that, like, charming mask off and there is a horrible, dark human being under underneath it. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, it just, it was an interesting kind of question I threw out there. Grindy or... Grindy or Voldy? Ooh, I like Grindy! <laughs> and, ah. uh, and, um, Ooh, I love it. It's interesting to get all of our opinions on it, yes. Yeah. But we posed the question on Twitter and Instagram. I believe Instagram, the poll, tied 50-50. And I think Instagram, it was like 63-47, mm-hmm. maybe even closer than that. Yeah. It was like a... One or two vote. It was closer than that. Yeah. So it it was really, really interesting to kind of see. I thought it'd be hard Voldy because most people are like yeah. so yeah. core series centric. Right. Uh, but I think this, all this information now that you're getting about Grindelwald is like, oh, this dude was. Not good. No. Yeah. I think too, like Voldy turned into a physical physical representation of what the dark magic can do you know and had he stayed more like tom riddle i think he probably would have been a little bit more like grindy i'm totally calling him grindy now <laughs> it's done <laughs> boldy and grindy um yeah i yeah and we talked a little bit about it before um about how if tom riddle hadn't gone down the path of like Horcrux immortality. Yeah. And, you know, took pieces of himself away. Yeah. Would he have taken the more social populist political route? 
to right. his power. Because um, even though he does, he does have the ministry in his pocket by the end of it. Right. He's still in the shadows. Yeah. Like he's pulling strings. Of, we're, he doesn't even necessarily do the imperious curses on some of the people in the right. ministry. It's all of like, you know, the late Yaxleys of the right. world or whoever pulling those strings. So I don't know. It's just two very different types of dark wizards. I think Grindy enjoys the politics where Voldy does not. I think Voldy likes fear and Ooh, yeah. And Grindelwald likes mm, Voldy likes mass fear and that's how he wants to rule. Yeah. Whereas Grindy wants mass um adoration like he just yeah. wants to convince everybody to love him which he's very good at yeah um so it's just two different styles about going about it yeah i think and i think either one could have done either way yeah if they were so you know to choose it but yeah it's interesting i i think as we get further into voldy's uh resurgence here it's kind of interesting to look back now that we have way more information on Grindelwald than we ever did. Yeah. And again, whether we like it or not, all of these movies are canon. So. Yep. And on that note, <laughs> we'll probably end it here. Uh, we are coming back. Molly's coming back for the next episode, uh, which is chapter four, the leaky cauldron. So please join us for that. And like we just said, we have polls on our Twitter and on our Instagram. So check them out, interact, leave some comments, let us know what you think. And um, yeah, obviously we're very active on it. So leave us a comment. We'll probably comment back. And yeah, it's a fun time. So for Dan and Molly, Bye. thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.